Hey everybody, welcome back to season three of Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hutink, and this is my co-host, Christian Conway. Much like the galaxy, I'm ready to get the season started in the sun in front of Miami. Miami! It's happening this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Uh, yes, but before we get into the Galaxy game, we're so excited, um, you know, despite what preseason games kind of look like. Um the U.S. women were were once again successful against France. Um, Rapinoe and Alex Morgan had very good games. Christian, take it away. Um, yeah, this was an interesting game considering the the kind of the frustration that the Sweden game was uh, earlier in the week. I mean, it was you know it was a very different timber in terms of the on field uh, the on field energy. Uh, I think also. You look at that France team, and, and maybe that's not France's strongest team, and France also kind of is in this weird generational gap. Also, there's a lot of um, infighting in the locker room right now between Corin Dakra, the head coach, and a couple of the uh, the stalwart players that uh, we've, we've, we've come to know and remember from that France side, of, like Sarah Buhadi and um, Les Omer, et cetera. So it was kind of a weird uh, weird French setup. But, I mean, you know, they, they, they get kind of lucky to beat Sweden. You know, they get a, a late penalty that I think – you pull a room of 100 people, 50 are going to say it's in the box, 50 are going to say it's out of the box. I think it was one of those kind of calls. Um, and, and Rapino never misses from the spot there. Um, but it was, a, it, it was a much more upbeat performance from the United States. I, I will fully offer that France did look really behind the pace. I think there's a lot of explanation for that, considering, as I said, the uh, the current kind of unrest in the locker room, also you know, France trying out some new formations and tactics and stuff like that. But the United States, you know, this was a huge win for the United States because, you know, Black went and obviously stressed, you know, it's all well and good if we take, you know, home tours against, you know, the minnows of the world. If, you know, we give an opportunity to, I don't know, you know, Paraguay or something to come to the United States and play us twice or three times. But what do we learn from that if we're not playing, you know, against against the Swedens, against the Frances in Europe, in their home stadiums? You know, regardless of if fans are in the stadium or not, you still have to travel. You still have to, you know, get used to that and and, and whatever have you. So I think this was a, a really big test for what I, uh, what is to come this summer in 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 the Olympics, um, you know, I, I think it was a good thing they tested themselves against um, against against these two sides. I think the Sweden game was, <laughs> excuse me, a little bit, um, it was a little bit weird, I think, it, just the flow of that game, the way that Sweden approached it, very determined, you know, kind of the same way that they approached uh, the United States in Rio, which was very determined, 4-4-2, low block, you know, we're not going to give you any space. And that really did frustrate the United States, but, you know, that's going to be some of the teams they play in the Olympics, is that teams are going to take their time to to be difficult to break down against the United States. They know the United States wants to look for space and wants, you know, if you open up against the United States, they will tear you apart with just speed and superior passing ability. So um, I think that was a good test for them. I, I'd say the France game, you know, kind of looking at how it went, um, it felt really routine against a team that, you know, is the third in the world right now um, for how long, you know, after seeing that performance, I, I, I don't know. Um, so I, I think there's 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 a lot of, of, of good energy around the team right now. And and the fact that they went to Europe, and remember, you know, 2019, there was a lot of concern around the trip to Europe um, and, and, and what happened. I mean, they lost to Spain and Spain, they lost to France and France, and kind of everyone was sitting there being like, oh, no, you know, here, here we go. Like, 2019 could be, could be brutal, but um, they got it together. But so, but, so they're almost even ahead of schedule at this point, kind of, um, in terms of, of their preparations for Tokyo. So I, I think you should feel good if you're a United States women's national team fan right now, I think. You know, there's a couple of other tests. I mean, they have the Tournament of Nations coming up in, in June. That'll probably be the the final audition for this team, so to speak. That that, that will be, I think we get a very clear idea of, of what Vlatko is thinking heading into the Olympics. 
and then they'll have two friendlies in June and July, and then the Olympics, uh, which will begin on July 21st. So um, it's all coming together right now, and it's coming together rather, rather rapidly. Yeah, and plenty of women's soccer uh, to go around. Um, I'm definitely, there's still uh, the Challenge Cup that's still going on. Um, so it's, yeah, if, you, if you're if you not a fan yet, you should be. It's always hard for me to choose a team. <laughs> in, that, in that way, I, I'm glad to kind of be neutral, and I don't have a horse in the race other than the U.S. women's national team, obviously. Uh, yeah, to be able to watch, to watch, you know, the Thorns, the uh, Chicago Stars, like you name it. You know, there's games that are coming up. So it's 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 really exciting. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me, mm-hmm. by the way, just thinking kind of aloud in my head, is if they split those two friendlies, they play one in June and play one in July, play the second one at home as kind of like a, you know, like they always do for the, uh, the, the, the World Cup where it's like the send-off series. Do that as kind of a, a pseudo send-off series for the Olympics, which is kind of a little bit of a less, has less pomp and circumstance around it when it comes to, sending off a team to a tournament but it wouldn't surprise me if in june they go somewhere in europe again and play a a tough team in europe again maybe like a netherlands or something like that to continue to test this team because i think you know at the end of jealous's tenure and and at the beginning of black kondromovsky's tenure they've really really stressed about you know going to europe and playing europe's best sides in europe as as a challenge and i think that's that's important and i think that's how or why excuse me this team is at the level that they're at because you know they've taken that next step and they realize that the next way the next step to challenge themselves um, in terms of increasing the, or, or moving the program forward um, beyond its own lofty goals, is to to do these kind of challenging uh, these kind of challenging games. And I, I think I, I I think we're starting to see the, uh, the the fruits of that labor. Yes, and and like you were saying, uh, you know, France have always you know gave the U.S. women's uh, run for their money. So, and I remember the the Netherlands being a good challenge for them too. So. You know, you you don't want this to be so predictable either, or, or too assured that yeah, it's the U.S. women like they're going to do it. You know, even with uh, Rapino and and Morgan, which is which still still is amazing amazing to see them play. Um, yeah, I mean, and 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 everybody. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't have the passes and everything that they have without without their other teammates. So, and you know, we've kind of talked about like who we've expect to see on the roster but then also that Vlaco does have some some decisions to make uh, moving forward so it's a lot lot to look out for and it's very exciting yeah the, the Olympics this summer are going to be a, a heck of a show for the US Women's National Team I'm excited to see um, if they can you know the, <coughs> excuse me the Olympics have kind of been a little bit of a weird you know monkey on the back for for the U.S. Women's National Team, especially the way that they went out in 2015. So I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, they're approaching this with a certain level of determination to kind of, um, I, I guess, you know, exercise some demons. And I, I think that's an important thing for, uh, to, to hopefully they will be able to do um, come, uh, come the summer. And speaking of exercising demons, do you think that LA Galaxy are going to be able to shake off some of those... Uh... But to me, it's concerning simple mistakes. Like, Chicharito really seemed to kind of mess it up. And then um, it, it kind of got cleaned up. And then the Galaxy were able to score on their last preseason game. Uh, what do you make of that? Well, if they're going to be exercising demons, that's one big stick of sage they're going to need. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I think the good thing about, especially the two moves they made, and we'll get, we'll get in more detail about this, especially with Grand Sierra and... and 
um, Cabral and then uh, Victor Vasquez and 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 the rumors that Sega Kulabi Kulabi Ali Kulabi less so in this case, but they've they've made it so that you know the system before and especially under Shaloto uh, was that you know they focused the attack through one guy and it's all really good if that one guy's Zlatan Ibrahimovic and he can bang in goals for fun. That was never Chicharito's game, was it? Like, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think at any club he was the guy that had to score 20 goals. You know, it would be nice if he did, but you know, they've brought in a lot of acquisitions, and especially with Lejet hitting, you know, the form of his life. You know, they've brought in a lot of acquisitions that take the the, the pressure off Chicharito's score. It's okay now if Chicharito doesn't score in a game because we can have you know Grant Sear or or Cabral or, or Victor Vasquez pop up and be useful. And it's like that's that I think has changed the way that Chicharito looks at the at his role within the galaxy system and it you know I, I was i was commenting on twitter i think it was not this most recent game against uh uh against rsl or was it rsl or colorado um but i was saying you know chichir is making smarter runs he's not making as vertical of runs and i think you know he doesn't need to score if he's pulling defenders you know what i mean like it doesn't you know yes he's a designated player yes you know he wears you know you know he's he's chicharito you know he has a certain cultural in, impact you know that's a name that has impact around the world and yes he probably should be scoring 10 to 15 goals every year, but it's okay if he scores eight and, you know, Victor Vasquez pops up with eight and Grand Sear pops up with 10, you know, it's like, that's okay. You know, so I think the looking at the way Vanny plays and, and at least beginning to see the way the system's kind of working out, which looks like a four, three, three, that turns into a three, four, three in attack that turns into a five, three, two in, in defense. You know, I, I think he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't have to do everything. Where and then I think that that contributes a lot to why he looked so frustrated last year, was because he was like, oh, I I have to do this, oh, I have to do this, oh, I have to check back, oh, I have to do this, and it's like now he's he's a little bit looser. I mean, he looks he looks better. I mean, the goal uh, the goal that they score in the in the last game. I mean, it's him just making a smart run, and he doesn't need to score it. He feeds it off, and it gets tapped in. Like, I think this is going to be a breakout season for Chicharito in a lot of ways that aren't you know putting up ten goals. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I'm I'm watching the RSL. Uh, replay of the goal um, where Victor Vasquez opens up the scoring and says, after nice build-up play by the Galaxy. To me, that was... I mean... Look, I do think that Chicharito's making more efforts and doing better. I'm not trying to knock this guy down. Obviously, I'm not going to be against my own team, my own teammates. Um, you know, the players are not my teammates. I'm, you know what I mean? The, my, own, my, own, my own players... I'm not going to be against them, but I'm just saying like as a, well, we have to be critical of our, of our own team that, that buildup was Chicharito losing the ball and Vasquez cleaning it up to score. That's, that's the way that I looked at that. I think you could interpret it that way. That's, 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 that's one way to interpret it. I also think, you know, just from everything I saw in preseason, you know, the way that he was running, how hard he was running, how determined he looked, there was a lot of chances he missed where I'm like, okay, yeah, but a guy that's gotten, you know, 18 games into the season is going to make that, right? Like, it just mm-hmm. looked like some mistakes that were just kind of like, yeah, he hasn't played competitive soccer in, you know, six months. Okay, you know, he's a little rusty. So, you know, as I stressed uh, earlier in this, in, in our in our podcast season, I said, you know, patience is, is my word of, of the year for the Galaxy, that that we need to be very focused on patience and, and we can't, you know, get ahead of ourselves too much. Um, I, I will say, I think if he does, if, if Chichurita goes, you know, the first five six games without scoring then I think the voices are going to get pretty loud around him and if you know as you noticed last year when the voices get really loud around him he starts to really regress into a shell you know he starts to kind of get defensive he starts to get a little ah disinterested is probably not the right word but he gets you know he almost exerts himself too much trying to prove rather than you know kind of like you know it's like hey this will you know it's, it's going to come to you so I think you know 
the best thing that could happen for Chicharito is banging in two goals this weekend is kind of my thought on it. Like if he can open, open his account on the first game, then I think the conversation around him and his role in the galaxy and whether he's considered a flop or, or a success really starts to, to change. But I think if he goes like five, six games into the season without scoring, then there's going to be a lot of negative conversation around him that, you know, I think might get to him. Yeah. And, and as you say that, like, I definitely think of that, (laughs) that first game of the 2020 season, the one and only one that we were able to go to the stadium and how the galaxy lost that. I mean, we got to shake off the, like you're saying, exercising these demons, right? We've got to get that, that ghost pass um, off of it. We can't expect Chicharito to, to be, other than what he is to put him to put him in a position in which we think Vanny will be able to do so he can score what's fed to him. Um, you know, I don't see him as a playmaker. I definitely think our crowded midfield is the, is the ones for that. And then, you know, it it does look more promising with uh, Bond in the in the box. I mean, because that's the other thing we're talking about defense as as it comes up here. You know. Um, you know, when I when I think about how how many good saves Bond had to make, and how much of me wants to be, say that, well, preseason is preseason, and and you know we'll we'll see as they take the pitch, you know, as the games go, and since it looks like you know MLS is having a regular season, knock on wood, that that they're able to keep this schedule, um, I think that. It, it won't hurt to see how the galaxy are going to have to iron out the wrinkles. You know, it's like, you've got to play, you've got to practice. I mean, especially when you have this fatigue of playing the same teams. Right. So, you know, I, I am excited. Uh, I'm, I am excited. All of this said, I, I'm aware, you know, it's, it's hard to look at this roster and, and be as, thrilled is when there was Laton or when you had a Donovan or you know it's like not well, even I mean, fair to compare really, you know what I mean they really mm-hmm. should put an under construction sign on the roster page like I mean this is yes we are in the middle of not just a a a, a team rebuild but a culture rebuild like this is I mean this is, is a significant I mean, this is the you know they didn't they didn't come out and say it and they kind of said oh we're gonna you know Vanny's gonna bring some new culture but like it's still a lot of it's like no like Vanny took a nuclear warhead to this entire organization and said no we're doing things my way which mm-hmm. I think is a very good thing I think if you look at his successes in Toronto you know that's what he came in and did and, and look what happened um so I think you know I, I think if you, if you I, I know we're Galaxy fans so we're obviously going to to overthink and overanalyze and, you know, we'll complain if we don't play aesthetically pleasing soccer and win five nil on the first day. Um, Cause that's who we are as fans. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but I think, um, you know, I, I, I like the moves they've made, you know, I think they made very positive moves. We apparently are now the French embassy in, in Los Angeles, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially uh, with some of the recent acquisitions, but I think, you know, the other thing about it was <clears throat> what, what, I was most excited about through the preseason was, you know, I think Galaxy Academy players and Los Dos players have gotten quote unquote chances, mm-hmm. but every single time they've kind of felt patronizing in a way that I, that it's like, oh, it's cute. You're trying, but you're not going to be there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, it's cool. Like, let's give this kid a chance. But it looked legitimately to me, like every time a youth player was asked to step up in preseason, they did it. And in a way that was kind of like, oh, I can easily see this guy in the open day roster. You know, I, I think the big winner of, the, of this preseason is Jalen Neal. Um, I thought he looked fantastic, and in, in all of his appearances, Jonathan Perez was also fantastic. 
Um, I'm, I'm a little bit bummed uh, Augie Williams didn't get more of a look. I actually would have really liked to see him playing alongside Chicharito in kind of a, a 3-5-2 almost. Um, I think that would have been a really interesting kind of uh, combination of their talents. Um, you know, Kai Karniak really took another step forward, or Karniak. Um, but yeah, so it, it did look like the, when the kids, you know, had their opportunities, they took them and they, and they said, you know, you're grabbing this by the scruff of their necks and saying, you know, this is mine. And um, I think that's... You, you want competition, right? You want competition in a roster because it forces your starting 11 to always be on the ball. It forces them to show up to training every day and, and give their all. And, and, and you know, it, it creates an air of hunger around the team. And I think, you know, these kids who had absolutely nothing to fear are going to create that, that environment. I think that's a very important thing for a successful team. And I think that's what they're building right now. Yeah, and, and just looking at this last game, like, you know, Grant Sears making taking shots outside the box. And I just remember being a Galaxy fan and just screaming all the time, just take it, shoot somebody, shoot somebody, take it. And just to know that someone besides Sasha Kleshin is going to be trying. <laughs> um, okay. It's, you know, it feels good. And then, you know, and again, not trying to compare these guys to any players of the past either, you know, to have that Bingham PTSD and to say like, Obond is like, you know, really awesome. I think Obond is awesome because he's, he's, good in his own right, you know, not just because like, oh, we had this goalkeeper who wasn't cutting it, you know? Well, what's, 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 what's interesting about Bond and what I noticed with the Galaxy defense is it almost, it, near the end with Bingham, it really did look like Bingham and his defense had a very fractured relationship. And, you know, I, I get, you know, you get tired of a dude yelling at you, calling him a lazy bum whenever he could see the goal. I get it. <laughs> um, but it, it did look like they were a little bit more... I, I don't know if cohesive is the right word, but it looks like they were moving as a unit a little bit better. It looks like it was a little bit less, you know, uh, um, giraffes on stilts kind of thing. It, it did look like they were a little just a little more sharp, a little bit more moving together well. You know, Bond was 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 very much, um, you know, a, a very uh, a very good communicator from from the back, and I think that's a that's good to have in a way like and 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 honestly i mean jonathan bond's a brilliant stop, shot stopper i mean some of the saves he made this preseason were were absolutely shocking yeah they um, were <laughs> so yeah I, I you don't want him to be in those positions but yes well, no, you, but, you want to know that he can do it <laughs> more you, than do it like you can trust him yeah you want a goalkeeper who can win you a game and i think jonathan bond is exactly like that i don't know if bingham was ever that you know they've also you know the rumors that by the summer they'll bring in uh I know uh, that the new center back from uh, from France, Sega uh, Koulibaly, who um, I, I believe he's going to see the season out with Nancy and then and then come join the Galaxy when his season is over. Um, you know, he's a young center back. Apparently, had some interest from Tottenham and and some other uh, premier, uh, prominent clubs. So, I mean, that can only help. Um, I, I I I think you know the center backs. That was the big kind of question this year uh, when it came to the defense. You know, I thought the wing backs took care of themselves. I think you know signing you know. Jorge Biafania, O'Neill Fisher, and then and then you got you and Araujo making that next step. I thought we were pretty good there, but I, I'm interested to see um, what happens. You know, again, this is it's not been officially announced, but if, if they get Koulibaly over the line, you know, what does that center back pairing look like in you know come summer when he you know arrives from France? You know, who's on the out? And I think that's going to be a very interesting question moving forward. But I think our center back pairing between Steris and, and Dupuis is, is, is a very workable one. I thought, you know, Steris actually, I think, has taken a, a, a massive step in his game in terms of his maturity and um, his on-field leadership. You know, I, honestly, I, I don't, if Jonah wasn't healthy, I think he would be carrying the captain's armband. Um, and, and, and I believe it was the game against RSL, but it might have been the game against Colorado. I might have texted you and said, you know, 
oh, Stairs has gotten better with, you know, with the ball at his feet. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. in today's game, ball playing center backs are critical in terms of creating, you know, you, to build attacks out of the back, you need, you know, a couple of center backs that are very confident on, with their feet on the ball. And I think that's the one area of his game where he's gotten a lot better over the, uh, over the offseason. Yeah, yeah, defi- definitely. Um, you know, there's guys that, that it, it's good that we haven't completely wiped the slate. You know what I mean? Like you need veteran Galaxy players that, yeah, that can not just show these young guys like the ropes, but just to to have somebody familiar there. You know what I mean? That, But isn't going to keep making the, the same mistakes under this new setup. You know what I mean? Um, I think... Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of I hate to say it, but like a lot of potential, <laughs> and, uh, you know. But look, the Galaxy did win three preseason games, so I do think that it's it's a lot, you know, for a team that's under construction, that has, you know, veteran players and has new players, and and in this transition, I think, I don't know, I think it's it's very exciting. I think that there's a lot to look forward to, and I think. Just kind of try to keep calm and keep cool. Things don't go our way the first few. Um, speaking of this Sunday, Inter Miami. I mean, watching them play in the past, they they definitely seem like um, contenders, you know. And obviously, having David Beckham as an owner doesn't hurt. Um, but I I think I mean my prediction for this game, which we don't do predictions on the show, but if we're going to, I I would. Think it's a draw just because the Galaxy are away. Um, you know, they're that they're still finding their footing. And so I I think I think if it's gonna be a good game on uh, you know, where the Galaxy are, are away, I think um I expect a draw. I I'm keeping my expectations low. <laughs> um obviously as a Galaxy fan, I want them to win. I wanna I wanna see you know, but I also don't want to get too overhyped too fast. I want I want it to be realistic and how competitive. Um, I don't think you should underestimate any team you're up against, expansion or otherwise. Yeah, and I think again, you know, the, the one game they lose in the, in the preseason is is the game against uh, the, that Revs game where they kind of, I guess, you know, kind of Greg Vanny put on the lab coat, went to the lab, and went a little bad scientist and tried some new stuff out. Um, you know, <laughs> that was very much an experimental game. It, it did feel like you know, um, they they. Um, they they just you know they they wanted to see some some different looks and formations and and stuff that you know maybe they they hadn't really been able to work on in training so I don't know if I look uh, too deeply into that uh, I will say uh, you know the, this Miami game is interesting too because keep in mind you know we're talking about us having a complete and total cultural reset Miami had one as well I mean you know you talk about letting Diego Alonso go one of the great uh, Concacaf coaches um, they had a lot of roster overturn. Um, there's also a, a, a kind of a weird situation with the signing of Blaise Matuidi, you know, that's getting in, uh, investigated by MLS, you know, in terms of, you know, is he under the designated player line or not? You know, there's some, some mm. kind of suspect there, you know, they, they brought in Phil Neville, which, you know, it, you know, it's not, it's not a bad hiring, but if you look at Phil Neville's club career, I mean, he was, he was incredibly successful with, with the England national team, you know, he was, uh, you know, the English women's national team, he was, um, you know, he got them to a World Cup semifinal and ran into the buzzsaw that was the United States. But, you know, he's never really had a high-level, you know, club job. He's you know, This will be his first major club job. Uh, so there's a lot of questions around this Miami team that, I'm, you know, I don't, you know, I, for the first time ever, it's, you know, we, we kind of runningly joke that we don't do predictions. And I don't know if I can do a prediction because I just don't know what this Miami team's going to look like because <laughs> there's so many questions around it. You know, there's so many, you know, Phil Neville, you, you know, 
he kind of didn't really have a well-defined tactical style while he was playing or while he was coaching the England women national team. I think there was a sense that, you know, kind of uh, a, a bit of the, you know, just plug your best 11 players in to the positions that they're supposed to play and it'll all work out was kind of the, was the sense I got there. You know, I, I think he made some very poor tactical decisions, especially in the game against the United States, um, going with one center, uh, one defensive midfielder instead of two, knowing that the United States likes to pick you apart by passing. Um, but I mean, there's a, there's some there's some names on this roster that I that you know I kind of sit there and I'm like, you know, yeah, this actually makes sense. I mean, you know, obviously plays with TD, you know, obviously slower than he he's been in recent years, but still a very good player. You know, Rodolfo Pizarro had a bit of a disappointing 2019 or uh, 2020 or uh, 2020, excuse me, 2020. Uh, but uh, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> we all had a very disappointing 2020. Let's be honest here. Uh, but uh, you know, he you know he'll be hungry to kind of get firing again. Uh, Matias Pellegrini, uh, you know, very good young kid, but never really showed it. Um, and, and then you talk about the, the, the MLS veterans they brought in, Leandro Gonzalez-Perez, uh, definitely had a, an underwhelming season at center back. You know, obviously he was an MLS Cup winner with Atlanta. You know, you, you figured he would fit in very well, and that, that's a great signing to make, but it, it didn't really work out. You know, Jay Chapman, um, you know, of Toronto FC, you know, he's an interesting kind of pick. Um, but then they also bring in a guy like Ryan Shawcross, which is just basically kind of like, where, what scrap heap did you find him on? Like, is he still, he's still playing? Like he still has functioning knees, you know, like, and of course, Breck Shea, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Breck is always a bit of a, always a bit of a character is what we'll say. Um, then they bring in Kel- Kelvin Leardam and Jovan Jones, two very good, you know, defensive options. Uh, so, you know, on paper, this is a good team. And obviously they've got, you know, Gonzalo Higuain, you know, like one of the great goal scorers of all time. Yeah. Um, so on paper, I mean, this makes sense, but. You know, you talk about the cultural reset. You talk about the fact that Phil Neville is head coach, and this is pro- Phil Neville's first big club job, um, and that's going to take time to learn. And he's going to have to have room. You know, they're going to have to give him room to make mistakes. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting. Uh, this will be an interesting game. I think certainly. Um, I think the matchup favors the Galaxy. Oddly enough, um, I think just the way that the Galaxy looked in their preseason games when it was what I assumed to be Greg Vanny's best eleven. I don't know necessarily if that's going to be the case, considering you know the, the fact that. Uh, Gregster only got very, very limited minutes in the one preseason came out he made. That was probably due to fitness issues, considering the fact that he had probably had to quarantine. You know, Kess came from France, had to quarantine. I know he was running him out for 90 minutes if you don't need him, you know, need to. They haven't seen, we haven't seen Cabral yet in a, in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, there's, there's definitely some, some questions uh, around this Galaxy team. But I think, you know, if, you know, I, I, I think this Galaxy team could surprise a couple of people this year. And I, and I talk myself into this every year. I know I do. But, you know, I just think the, the the energy around the club's a lot better. The way that you know they're talking in the media is a lot kind of, uh, like you said, building the culture. Like yeah, you, I, you feel like they're going to bring it to the pitch. It does feel like just the, the conversations around the team and the the body language around the team and the uh, just everything about that is it just it feels better. And um, I think that's a very important thing to note. Um, I, I, my heart says draw. I think this is going to be, you know, this is going to be two teams that are both in very much transitionary periods, feeling themselves out and feeling out the opponent. You know, I'm, I'm not expecting massive fireworks, um, but I've, I've been wrong before and I'm, I'm consistently wrong on this show. Um, but yeah, I, I think... Um, I know, I don't want it to be boring. That's like the only thing... I don't think it'll be boring. Um. I think, I think, I just think this... You know, this I mean, the only... No, go this ahead. Is the first, this is the first game of the season. They're not going to be playing at like you know 100 pace, like right, just out of preseason. Right, days. right. No, and that and that's fine, you know, because you know I don't want the galaxy to be like you know gassed after the first half. Um, this is a on the East Coast. It's a three o'clock game. It's noon our time, you know. Um, 
Florida in the spring. I imagine it will be hot. Um, you know, it, it looks pretty mixed, but it mo- looks mostly young on um, the inner Miami side. Uh, but again, like how you said, like it looks good on paper. I mean, we've said that about the Galaxy before. And with this Galaxy team, we're still figuring out. And I mean this in a good way. Like, I don't think we're as predictable this time around. You know, I mean... We joked before, like crossing, 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 <laughs> you know, and uh, and now this time it's like, you know what, we'll have to wait and see what what we see on the pitch. I, I think that that's an advantage for the Galaxy. Well, I also think, you know, you look at they, they, they put some pretty serious bets in this team, you know, the, the amount of money they went out and got mm-hmm. Cabral for. You don't spend that kind of money if you don't think he's going to be good. You know what I mean? You know, they. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of players that the Galaxy bet on that need to step up. And I mean, the, the, the name that comes to mind is obviously Chicharito. But, you know, the, Jonathan Dos Santos, I think, is going to go on a, a different level of scrutiny this season simply because of, you know, his injury problems and how disappointing he was last season, you know, in terms of just you know, failing to get healthy and, and whatever have you. I think, you know, Cabral is going to get some scrutiny simply because of the amount of money that was spent on him. You know, uh, we obviously all know um, what Chicharito's concerns are. Um you know, I, I think there's going to be some pressure on, on on some big name players here that I think, you know, you hope that they take that pressure and turn it into diamonds instead of uh, instead of coal. You know what I mean? Like, you hope that they can, you know, say rise to that occasion and, and um, you know, and and justify the amount of faith that the Galaxy have put into them. And I think this is going. To, this is a, a big year for a lot of players. And I think you know, this is a big year for John, Julian Araujo. You know, is he going to go to Europe? You know, is this the season that sells him to a European club? You know, Jonathan Dos Santos is he? the player that we remember or did the injuries kind of take him back a couple steps, you know, mm-hmm. Francier, you know, what does he bring to the table? Um, you know, Kevin Cabral, they spent a lot of money on him. You know, he's got to be at least a 10 goal guy this year that with the amount of money they spent on him, like, can he do that? It's it. So I think, you know, these are questions that are certainly difficult questions, but they're good questions to ask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. I, you know, we'll have more definitely to say once we see the galaxy, take the pitch and and i mean obviously regardless even if the game goes well i'm i'm trying not to jinx things this is why i'm hesitating <laughs> not gonna win um you know we'll we'll have our critiques regardless so um but again not not gonna be excessively hard in this team when they are under construction like this um i think that as long as they're giving their best and and you can see the effort and and Vanny getting his chance. Um, I, I really think, really think that it's going to be good to be a Galaxy fan again. Not just because you can wear tech green now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll get to see what I'm trying to say is. I mean, because I know that. I, Florida's like pretty open, right? Like they're going to be able to have fans. I believe they secured something around the the realm of a hundred tickets for Galaxy fans. I'd have to look that up. Um, mm. I, I cannot remember. Um, but yeah, uh, so there'll be fans there. Um, and I definitely know there's some Galaxy fans traveling. So uh, you know, safe travels to them. And, and um, yeah, it, it'll be a you know, it'll be just it, it's just exciting to have the season back. You know, it's like a yeah. It's yeah, and, and to be able to see, yeah, we're going to, you know, our the Galaxy supporters have always been ones you can hear in the stadium. So um, I'm I'm definitely thrilled. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's going to be a, a good test for the for the Galaxy. And 
you know, if you're a new fan and you're listening or a new fan and you're watching, like, this is welcome. And then also, like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, win or lose, we're going to be... We're going to be rooting for our boys. Amen. Yeah. All right. So stay tuned and we'll be back. Mm -hmm.